got a pretty sweet deal on the mausoleum. <laughs> What's up, y'all? This is Adam Pecora here, and you are tuned in to Red 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 Requiem for a Tuesday. How are you? Hope you're good. Hope you're well. Hope you're fine. Hope you're swell. We got a bit of a busy episode here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to cram some things into the smaller format episode. So let's get right into the plugs. You're going to want to rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. You could do it on there, and you should, whichever one you like. Help your boy out. Uh, give me those five stars. Give me stars. I am thirsty for your stars. Give me your approval. Please, somebody pay attention to me. You can get the merch on rfat.bigcartel.com. You can follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat. And we got plenty of music for you. Multiplex, the band with Justice, who also has his own stuff. Plenty of it. Uh, just re-released our first album, Remix Remastered, All False Noise, available on all streaming platforms. I uh, got some solo music out as well under Wolfax. Everything is linked in the description below. Please check it out, consume, and enjoy. Thank you. So look, I mean, we're just going to have to start off on the top with the Succession Barry twofer here. It's kind of just inevitable this week, next week. It's going to have to happen. I mean, shit, last week's episode was supposed to have other topics. And it was just so thrilling. I was, your boy was captivated. I mean, what can I say? Uh, I had to ramble for 25 minutes about these fucking things. I'm going to try to keep it shorter here now for you, but that doesn't make these episodes worse let's just get that out of the way right now we are one week away ladies and gentlemen that is one week away from the series finale of both shows at the same goddamn time oh i cannot wait for this week to be over frankly it's gonna be fucking electric word on the street is succession 90 minutes no word for barry I'm guessing it'll be at least a little extendo, maybe a 40, 45 minuter. I don't know if we're going to get an hour out of Barry. Um, I just want to get some minor thoughts off here and I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the whole episode breakdown or whatever. I just think there were a couple strange things about Succession's penultimate that You know, I don't know if they felt a little out of character for the show or whatever, or maybe it just didn't quite click with me. I don't think it's necessarily a knock in any way on, like, you know, how this show is going to end or, you know, what they're doing to close it all out. Just some things were a little silly. If this is how they chose to move forward with it, it's fine. You know, it's ultimately all minor in what the ultimate goal of the show is. But I just think, like, okay, first of all, so, like, Roman breaks down. You know, they show him at the beginning. He's all hype and chill. 
hype and chill. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but he's hyper confident, preparing his speech, like blah, 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 whatever. I'm the best. Dad was great. I'm going to crush this. You know, I got the president in my pocket. I'm clearly going to be the head of ATN now. Here we go. But then a little something transpired. And you're kind of like already like, well, he's going to blow this. You know, they wouldn't show him rehearsing the speech if he was going to go out and just nail it. Um, What I thought was going to happen was he was just going to get up there and start bashing his dad and finally open up about like the trauma or whatever that makes him as weird and whatever as he is now. Instead, what they did was have his brother, excuse me, have Logan's brother, need to be specific here, we're talking about a family, they have Logan's brother go up, the the family itself did not want that to happen, they tried to prevent that, but Logan's brother goes up and is like, oh yeah, Logan was actually really fucked up and traumatized himself, which, uh... Given the selfish nature of the entire family, it would make sense that none of them would know that anything was wrong with their dad. They somehow thought that he was that way just naturally. Nothing nothing bad ever happened to the guy. Uh, obviously, like Logan wouldn't have shared that story with anyone, especially his kids, to show that kind of weakness or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, I mean, they knew he came like from nothing. So, I mean, to think that everything was just chill, but anyway, uh, that's all believable. I just think that's what set Roman off instead being like, oh, he was a human, you know? And then also it just got real, which is kind of what I thought was going to happen. It was just going to get real and then he was going to bash him. But basically my point was is that Logan's brother did all of that already for him. So all that was left for Roman was to just get up there and weep. And boy, did he weep like a little child. Cried like a little baby. And here's the thing. I think that everyone at Waystar roasting him for it made total sense. Like Jerry and fucking Hugo and shit. But I just think it's a little bit of a stretch that the president, the new president, was just like, ah, you're a little bitch, huh? Like, it was just instantly, oh, Roman's out. It's like, I don't know if he would just be out. Like, oh, it's all over already. Because he cried at his dad's funeral? You know? Like, I don't know. It just seems like even an evil Republican president would maybe be like, Jesus, man, pull yourself together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a way to do it and not just be like, Welp, no longer the CEO. But whatever. I don't know. I guess that is kind of how it works, because even in fucking Arrested Development, Michael starts crying in the finale, and they're like, this is who you got as CEO? But, uh, you know, that's a much broader comedy in comparison. Although it's not very broad at all. That's rude to say. But you know what I mean. It's, there's zero drama in that show. It is a traditional comedy. Um, so yeah, I just thought that that was odd. I thought it was also odd that 
at the reception, I guess you would call it, whatever. Um, fucking Mankin is just chilling solo and then just allows himself to get swarmed by everybody and somehow that makes Kendall look weak because then Greg comes up and then whatever. I don't know. It also seemed odd that he would just be like, yeah, maybe I'll side with you. Maybe I won't. I mean, I guess that's the whole thing. If the guy really is as radical as they say, like you shouldn't just like straight up trust him because he's not the puppet. But it's like they literally propelled him to the nomination. Then also crowned him the president. I just think no matter how like whatever you're trying to portray this guy, he's in your pocket or you're in his pocket, whichever one makes more sense for what I'm explaining. <laughs> um yeah, like, th- I guess this could be the one thing where it's like, hey, maybe the British guys aren't making that solid of a commentary on American politics. Because no matter what, you know, like, if they're trying to compare it to Trump, I get, did he distance himself from Fox News? Like, no, not really. Maybe eventually, maybe now at this point. But it's not like he won and then was like, Fox News is a terrible organization that spreads, you know, fake news or whatever. You stay on their side, then you can keep going on their channel and you can keep getting your shit. It just didn't make sense to me. Now, he also could just be saying what he needs to say to, like, sweeten it for himself. He is like, yo, I'm the president now, so, like, maybe chill. I'll set some boundaries here. Like, I'm not a puppet. I understand that everything is not 100% face value, but it was just odd. Then he just instantly was buddy-buddy with... Matson, it seemed like that would have been a little more antagonistic. So, just those are my overall rough little things. The episode was phenomenal. Phenomenal. As always. Um, but those were just my little nitpicks. It seemed unrealistic. Now, again, how many of these things are realistic? I, none. You know, and how much of them matter? Because, again, we're like, oh, Shiv's fu- I thought Shiv was fucked. Now she seems fine. Like, it's all just a momentum swing, and it's all bullshit all the time anyway. You know, now Shiv might be CEO, but now Kendall still might be CEO. And no matter what, it seemed like they were going to hate each other. And either way, they still just get in the limo and go to the funeral, and they just talk to each other. So at the end of the day, they're kind of just doing this like, this is just what work is. You know? We just show up and try to win. And then at the end of the day, it's like, hey, that's my brother. <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be insane. Whatever's gonna happen, I don't know. They kind of showed the like on the next succession, but whenever they've done that, it's never how it seems. It seemed like the presidency was gonna be a huge factor in the whole season, and they kind of wrapped it all up in two episodes and the guy's barely been in the show. You know? Um, so, so much for this, not taking up that much of the episode, I guess, uh, <laughs> but man, Sunday, 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 it's going to be a bloodbath. And look, the window is still open for Greg to win. Maybe Tom, maybe what Matson does is he makes there's something where Tom and Shiv will like maybe have to stay together for the company to work. That could be interesting. And then Greg ends up at a high position with them. And so it's like Greg, Tom, and Shiv all win. We'll see. We'll see. My ideal is just that Greg is okay. As long as Greg is okay, I'm fine with the outcome. 
That's my little baby boy. Um, next up for Barry, look, I, I'm still just kind of skeptical on the time jump thing for, for two reasons, for two main reasons. As I'd outlined before, everything at this show did before would just get comically thrown away, all of the dramatically serious things, and then they would kind of pick and choose what sticks along, like Janet Moss, obviously, has stayed through the entire series, right? But there's other times where, like, you know, Barry would just do something and it'd be like, oh, how's he going to get out of this? And then it's just written off right away. It's like, oh, yeah, he just did it, you know? And the reason why I keep bringing that up is because now all of a sudden everything is super serious and everything matters all the time. There's still plenty of jokes. But if the tone if the tone of the show was 70-30 comedy to drama before, it's completely flipped if not even more, to where it's all hyper-serious, like a crime show that just has a lot of really clever humor in it throughout. Like, it's still very unique either way. But it just, I don't know, man. It's just all of a sudden it's not really clicking with me that much. And I'm still thoroughly entertained, don't get me wrong, and... You know, I don't know how they're going to pull this off. I'm more skeptical than I was last week. And this was a better episode that I have way less to nitpick about. Um, it's just like eight years went by and you're telling me. Like, I get that Moss would still be after Barry, but I, I don't know, man. All of a sudden, they're just like. Now we're going to blame Kusino? Like, you think he was on this elaborate ruse? I guess that... You know what I mean? Like, it does kind of work, but it's just like, dude, we're still just on this, huh? You know? Like, did we need to jump eight years for them to just still be doing this? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, I, I wish that I had a more uh, elaborate take on this, but it's kind of just like, man, you guys really just hammering the same points home the whole time, huh? It's kind of like the succession. So, oh, we solved the crime. It's over. Oh, nope. It was Barry. Now we caught Barry. Oh, nope. You know, now we found a way to make everybody decide to think that it was Kusino. I mean, they it's so easy to just explain like yeah, Barry was a hitman. He had a bunch of money and he gave it to me out of guilt. And sure, there's no way for Gene to prove that, but like come on. Like we already know all of this already. And I and my point being why I brought that up earlier is like You guys took all of this way too seriously this whole season. So now all of a sudden I'm supposed to think, oh, it's just funny now. After eight years, they're all of a sudden just going to flip-flop. It's like this punch, if this is supposed to be a punchline, you guys already ruined the setup of this joke by taking everything so dramatically, heavily, seriously with jail and everything up to this point. That, like, this isn't funny and now is out of touch with what's been happening 
So I don't know. You know, it's the same type of thing. Like Fuchs is supposed to be the Raven, but it's like a joke that he would be this hardened guy who he was incompetent and weak the whole time. But now him and his guys can take out like four great assassins, but then they played that for comedy. But you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make just doesn't make any sense. And now Hank is kidnapping Sally, but that's really dramatic and serious. But the whole thing with Hank up until now was all really, fu- you know what I mean? Like it's just getting muddied in like, well, this part's really dramatic because obviously it should be. But then this part's really funny because this is a comedy and it's like, well, you can't you can't do a hyper version of both in the center plot of all of it. To me, it's just not working, I guess. You know, it seems to be fine for everybody else, but I don't know. It's just kind of taking me out of it. It's like, well, it's really effective when they're doing the really heavy drama. And it's also obviously brilliantly funny whenever they're doing the more broad, openly comedic parts of this story. But when you can't converge what has been characterized as heavily dramatic and then just make it funny now. You know, Barry and Sally had plenty of chance. You know, I don't know. I think you get what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to keep repeating myself in different ways as I tend to do. Uh, <laughs> when I really want to hammer a point home. But I, I don't know. And what? So now B- Barry's goal is to just storm a place and kill a bunch of people. And it's like, well, we've done this a bunch of times now. You know? And now it's just he has to kill Hank and Kusno and Fuchs. It's like, it doesn't matter. I wish he would have killed Fuchs. You know, now you're just dragging everything out. Um, I kind of think... As of right now, again, I don't want to be the negative Nancy. The finale could easily be fucking amazing and completely change all my opinions on all this. It's looking right now to me that the extra season was a mistake. I'm taking a harsh take on it. I don't know what to tell you, but other than that, but it's looking like we didn't need all of this. It's like week to week. It's been crazy to see how they do all this. But now the resolve is just going to be, well, let's just loop it all back into the beginning and everybody's going to be in the same place and we're all just going to do it all again with all the characters. It's like, yes, I understand that's how technically how finale would work, but they worked so hard to get away from it all that it's all just very forced now that it's coming back together. Like, why did Sally show up in L.A. with her kid to try to talk to Gene who Barry's there to try to kill? It just doesn't even make sense that she would show up. You know, like, how would that be safe for her and the kid? Is the thing just like she's drunk so she's stupid? I don't know. I mean, to me, it was all of it was just kind of a disaster. Again, the episode was entertaining. But it's just like, wait, I'm trying to put all these pieces together. And it's like, wait, why is she out there? And why would she call Jean when she shows up? You know, I don't know. It Not really working, but hey, Bill Hader, I got faith in you, bud. I still love the show. I will still love the show. Um, But yeah, in a much different way, I just have no idea how they're going to end it. If it's just Barry dies, I think that's dumb. Uh, if it's just Barry kills everybody, I think that's dumb. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Hope it works. 
Let's get on to some other stuff. This was a fucking <laughs> so much for a quick recap on those, huh? All right. So finally watched Air, the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck movie about the guys trying to sign Michael Jordan to Nike in 1984. And boy, what a dud. That was fucking disappointing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I was bored out of my mind. Why was this two hours? Uh, I got to say, like, the budget was high, I assume, because of the cast and, like, people getting better splits with their new production. Um, and because they had really nice cameras, great set design, great production design. You know, everything that would make a movie expensive, except the script. What a snoozer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're just like, they forced the movie to be this long. It's literally just like a few conversations. Like, not even that many conversations that are that long or have that much substance or like, Anything? Really? There's not really anything that goes on in this. Um, The pacing was also just really bad, I think, is the problem. Where, like, let's say the stakes were really high for Matt Damon, where it's like, ah, do this, or you're, you know, what do you you even do here? You know, you're going to be looking for a job pretty soon. And then he would just, like, go sit at his office and just kind of talk, and then... Something else would just happen in another conversation. But then the part where they're like, hey, come up with a cool shoe idea. The guy just whips up the Air Jordan 1 overnight. And we don't really spend any time doing that. Whereas like that could have been 25 minutes of the movie. Some back and forth on shoe design. Kind of like watching Peter Parker make his Spider-Man costume. You know how exciting that was? But no, that also wasn't that long of a sequence in (laughs) Spider-Man. But, you know, like a little trial and error or something. I mean, the movie basically goes like Matt Damon talks to Ben Affleck. Then he talks to Jason Bateman. Then he talks to Ben Affleck. Then he talks to Michael Jordan's parents. Then he talks to Ben Affleck. Then he talks to an agent. And none of the conversations really seem to have that much of a stake or, like, momentum. But they do have stakes. Like, it's just the negotiations happening. But there's just, like, a lack of intensity that I feel like is supposed to be there. But really, it's just not... I don't know, man. It just... Talk about something that didn't work for me. Like, they were all plenty charming and whatever. But it just didn't make anything clear to me about how the process went about. Like, hey, Michael Jordan negotiated with other people, but Nike had the best pitch because of these three factors, let's say. Like, oh, because it would be an exclusive deal and he'd get his own rights and, you know, whatever. And they explain all that, like, right at the beginning, like the things that they offer. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't. It's a Wikipedia paragraph that's two hours long. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, 
they do get all the details in there, but the way we got there, it didn't need to take that long, I guess, is really all I'm trying to say. Um, and it's just awkward how they're very clearly trying to not feature Michael. Like, they have a stand-in for him, but they just, like, deliberately don't show his face and all that type. I don't know, man. Like, there was just there was better ways to make some of these things work. And, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, everybody in it was great, but I don't know. They There, there were some good jokes, some cool style, uh, but the movie was just fucking boring, man. It could have been 90 minutes, and I think it would have been a lot better. Uh, they really could have just moved everything a whole lot faster or just got a lot more into some stuff. You know, I don't know. Maybe just more travel throughout it. Maybe he goes and scouts a few more games or something. Uh, again, maybe there's just more work on the marketing aspect, the shoe design, really all that type of stuff. They kind of just like gloss over things. They're like, yeah, we'll market it kind of like that. This is what Nike stuff looks like. Like there's subtle references and hints at things. But what they actually talk about like just doesn't get anywhere. They just say the same things over and over again. This is the budget. Well, this is what I want to pay. But that's not the budget. But this is what we're going to do. But I want to do this. Like, And it's just a back and forth of the same things over and over again. It's like, listen to me try to explain what I don't like about Barry. <laughs> you know? We get it. We get it, Adam. And I get it, Ben Affleck. So, watch it if you want. I mean, a fine, well-made movie the story's just not great and could have been edited down so that's a solid five out of ten like a flat right middle of the road that's a movie i don't know i was disappointed especially given how good the reviews were but on the other hand you know what doesn't have good reviews white men can't jump the remake and it shouldn't but in the opposite fashion, I was okay with that, with this one, because it wasn't supposed to be good. I didn't expect it to be good. I expected it to be, like, horrific and unwatchable, and since it wasn't, I kind of liked it. It's crazy how your expectations can shape things, folks. Uh, <laughs> I really don't have much to say about this. There were a couple good, like, white guy, black guy jokes, as you'd expect. Uh, it was cool that Vince Staples was in a movie. Love you, Vince Staples. Have for a long time. Uh, Jack Harlow, surprisingly a solid actor, I guess. Uh, never heard a song by him, at least not knowingly. And apparently he's not good at music. So, hey, maybe Jack Harlow, just start making movies. Because this was all right. Uh, other than a few good one-liners, you know. Doesn't really work out. Kind of a neat, happy ending also, which didn't really make sense. He's a pillhead for no reason, and they don't really resolve that. Uh, nobody's girl leaves them like in the original, so that was kind of dumb. Like, the ending especially was really dumb. Just a super happy ending where everybody's like, one dude makes it to the NBA, doesn't really make any sense, and then the other dude's a trainer, which does make sense, but that should have just been his goal as a job anyway, so... You know, just nitpicky shit like that. Like, all he should have been trying to do was, like, legitimate, legitimize his training business. Or I think they should have made it so he became, like, a, a juice 
mogul off his like many juices he was making. Uh, but yeah, this one it's it's a, even more comedic and light than the first one. Whereas the first one's it's a lot more anger. The fighting was a little more intense. Uh, you know, this was just loose. It was just a lot more loose, and that's fine for what this is. It's it, it was like the Nickelodeon version of White Men Can't Jump, basically, if that makes sense. If you could picture, like, the tone of Good Burger, but it's White Men Can't Jump and is still, like, rated R technically, that's what this movie was. Where it's like, hey, the plot's kind of whatever. You get the gist. Just there's some one-liners. There's the basketball wasn't very good or entertaining in the movie. Like there were just zero stakes to anything that actually mattered in this at all. This movie was just a facility for one-liners, a vessel for one-liners, I should say. Um, and that's okay, I guess. Like here was just a really unnecessary movie. Is pretty much all I can say. Uh, it was fine. I would say it would have been better if there was a dual star power. No offense to the black guy <laughs> in of the white men can't jump duo. But I don't know who that guy is. Maybe he is famous to the kids. But I don't think it's a Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes comparison. I think that's the biggest flaw. Um... But there's too, and yeah, there's just too much like we're going to sprinkle in backstory, but then it's not going to ultimately be that relevant. Or they kind of doubled down on it. They're like, the dad was sick when he was a kid, but he's alive now, but he's going to die now to double down the drama. And it was just really cheesy and kind of lazy. Like it was definitely like first draft script type shit where. You know, a small rewrite and a redraft of this could have made it a 25% better movie. Um, but they just didn't. <laughs> so I would say equally on a in a positive way, a 5 out of 10. The other one was a negative 5 out of 10. So those are my white guy basketball movies of the week. <laughs> Uh, I thought those paired nicely together, actually. So that's what you should do. Have a white guy basketball weekend and go air. White men can't jump. Double feature. And you let me know what you think. Um, Are you a Jack Harlow fan? Maybe that'll factor into your decision making. I don't know. I can't speak on that. You know? But the kid was all right. The kid was all right. And, uh, look, I don't know. They tried too hard to have these guys have, like, too much of a backstory and too much, like, of a reason for motivation and all this. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, the guy's a deadbeat, whatever. But it's like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just like, well, why these women wouldn't be with these guys? Especially Jack Harlow's girl. None, none of their plot line made sense. Them as a couple at all. That whole thing was a disaster. You know? But it's like, how many how many of these, like... Is the deadbeat boyfriend that realistic of a thing? But at the same time, it's like... They had a two-bedroom house, and she was upset about it, but that only because it's where he grew up? But it's like... 
y'all got a pretty nice place considering he doesn't work. <laughs> you know? It seems like the place is the least of your problems. I don't know. Again, not a good movie. Wasn't trying to be a good movie, though. White Men Can't Jump wanted to be a good movie. And I think that's the other factor, right? Like, Rosie Perez is a star on her own. Um, I thought she's, I think she's kind of annoying in White Men Can't Jump, frankly. But <laughs> she's got the charisma to be there. The women were just side characters in this movie also. It wasn't like a... The dynamics just weren't matched as they were in the original, like, at all. Um, this also has no anchor point of the white guy jumping. Whereas, like, that was literally, like, a central part of the plot in White Men Can't Jump, hence its title. It was that Woody Harrelson couldn't dunk, and he kept betting that he could, and then they win the game by him dunking. Which just brings it all back. And then he keeps gambling and fucks up the relationship. Which should have happened. You know what I mean? Like again, they, they just neglected a lot of the key major elements. Um, this white guy couldn't jump to begin with because he had bad knees. But then it didn't. Ma- it just didn't make sense. It's like, does he have bad knees or does he not have bad knees? Like, can he play or can he not play? I don't get it. You can't both be great and have bad knees. It's like, you, you can't just be good and then you'll tweak your knee and you'll be bad. It's like, no, it means you wouldn't be able to jump or cut or any of uh, Excuse me. I'm just playing right through it. Uh, <laughs> or cut or any of these things. So, just, you know, a lot of, again, just like had one person just read this script over and like punched it up just a little bit. We maybe could have avoided all that. But, uh... You know, solid episode. What do you guys think? Rate, review, subscribe, and let me know. Give me five stars and a review of this episode. You let me know how this white guy jumped through hoops for all of y'all, as I do on Tuesdays. On Tuesdays. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to be here, as always. Uh, look, Paddington is on indefinite hold because we will certainly have another Succession Barry finale episode next week. And then we're on to the summer. And I think this summer is just going to be a lot of random flicks that I decide to buy DVDs of because I got a few stacked up already. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to depend on how often I get out to the theater as well because I have already backed out on that plan significantly. It was going to be going a lot and I have not been going. So remember, I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. Calculator.